The Spanish announce table. T-Mac, it has been... It has been, what, a couple months since we did the Royal Rumble episode of the Spanish Announce Table? Yeah, we did it in January. That was our last one. Uh, as you guys now know, we cover the big four in WWE. Unless something crazy happens, we do kind of have that caveat to where, for example, we might do a segment if Vince McMahon passes away or the sell of WWE, things like that. But traditionally, we do the big four episodes. The last one we did was the Royal Rumble, and now we go to the grandest stage of them all, the Showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania. Tim, are you excited? I am excited. I'm also ultra excited because we have a Slater Gator, Slater Gator, beer sponsor of the week. Remember that? Slater Gator! Uh, I think I did that pretty well. I think you did do that pretty well. Uh, but Adam Pearson was kind enough to be a gentleman of epic proportions and send us some money to purchase some domestic beer for us. Uh, the Slater Gator Beer Sponsor of the Week, if you want to donate, tableshow at gmail.com on your PayPal. Just send us some money and we'll buy whatever beer you tell us to get within reason. Obviously, it's got to be available. And we picked up, his idea was domestic. Uh, we found something that we could. We got from our local Boulevard Brewing Company. We got Vamos. It's a Mexican-style lager because we are the Spanish announce table. Yeah, and how awesome is it that the beer sponsor of the week lasted longer than the tag team uh, that this segment or this uh, sponsorship is named after? Isn't that great? And neither guy is going to be featured in WrestleMania. I love it. They're still employed, though. So credit to them. Um, but yeah, so thank you to Adam for donating to tableshow at gmail.com, being the Slate Gator beer sponsor of the week. And as to. Uh, Tim stated, we got a Mexican style because we are the Spanish announce table, uh, as I slur my words, because I've already had a few. Things happen. WrestleMania, pretty fun. Let's let's go this route before we get into the news, because as always, the first segment's going to be the news. WrestleMania as a whole, and we'll break it down in other segments uh, in this episode, but level of 1 to 10, or 0 to 10, how excited are you? I get it for this WrestleMania. I, I would say honestly, I'm I'm hovering around eight. I um just because I don't think I'd ever be below really the seven, usually. So I would say expectations are low, but that's my fault from just being super busy and not being as in tune when we did the Spanish announce table every day. So I'm excited. There's some really intriguing storylines that I don't really. It's kind of hard to predict for. Me. I'm excited for this reason. One, I don't know, and we haven't seen. So maybe as of recording. There's some breaking news that we haven't seen, but I don't know what the main event is. And that's what's really cool to me, right? So it could be Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. It could be the return of Daniel Bryan uh, teaming with Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It could be AJ versus Nakamura. It could be Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie. It could be because of how much the women have got featured this year. It could be Charlotte versus Asuka. You literally don't know where it could be. I mean, all of those are viable options. I think... The tag team matches, typically, they've never, uh, to the best of my recollection, ever main evented. So those probably won't happen. Oh, and then you also have John Cena Undertaker. Something's going to happen there. So does that main event, right? And so there's so many different options. And there's a lot of things that they've done really well leading up to that seem like... Some, some matches seem like slam dunks, right? And we'll get into our picks later. But some... Like we were talking off air, we're still up in the air about because they've kind of held their cards so close to the vest that we don't know how they're going to play them. So really excited just about it happening. Not necessarily matches, you know, AJ Nakamura is going to be fantastic, but like, for example, the Braun Strowman mystery partner, right? The Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, Brian or uh, Daniel Bryan. 
the Kurt Angle Ronda Rousey, right? There's some things in there where you're like, well, I don't know where they're going to go. So for me, I'm going to say I'm at a nine. This isn't like the WrestleMania 29 when you got the rematch of Cena Rock and you're like, well, Cena's going to win. Duh. Who the like? It's a waste of time. Undertaker versus Punk, and this is before the streak ended. We know Undertaker's going to win. So like WrestleMania 29 was very much of a, oh, I guess we're just going to get through this. WrestleMania 27 kind of was even that a little bit. But this one has some intrigue. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I am pretty excited for it. I mean, I, I've already, I, I told my wife, I was like, hey, WrestleMania Sunday. I had even talked to my daughter. I was like, look, WrestleMania Sunday. You know, it always falls over your birthday uh, weeks. So one of these years, one of these years, as soon as you're gone. I'm going to go to a WrestleMania. So it always holds that intrigue, right? It's, it is the the granddaddy of them all. It is the showcase of the immortals that even if I didn't watch wrestling, I'd probably catch WrestleMania, and and, and I'm excited for it. So so we will get into the picks in the next segment, like, like T-Mac said, but we should probably cover some news. The first news here that we covered, this is kind of tragic, so I don't have any funny headlines here. We have WWE Hall of Famer Johnny Valiant passed away. Was this yesterday, huh? April 4th, Johnny Valiant passed away. Uh, Pittsburgh's WPXI reported that Valiant was killed when he was struck by an incoming car when attempting to walk. It notes he was not at a crosswalk at the time, and he was hit by the vehicle. Several other reports have been able to confirm that Valiant passed away, and WWE also addressed his death. Uh, He passed away at a hospital later in the morning at the age of 71. Although he had been retired from wrestling for a number of years, fans still have fond memories of seeing Johnny Valiant compete and manage other wrestlers Back in the day, this was from AllWrestling.com. Yeah, Johnny Valiant, man. Uh, it definitely sticks out in that sort of, I kind of want to say like that, they call it the golden era, but it's still that kind of mid-80s, uh, you know, he sticks out in my mind as just like the cliche pro wrestler, like I'm the cool guy, right? Yeah, I remember him from being the manager of uh, Brutus Barber Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yeah, and I would put him in that like pre-rock and wrestling because I have I think of it as like the golden age is kind of broke up into two different kind of parts. So it's one the expansion right when WWF at the time. Uh, and Vince were acquiring all of the talent, right? When they were getting Junkyard Dog, when they were getting Harley Race, when they were getting Ted DiBiase, right? So that's one part. But then the second part is the rock and wrestling, right? When WrestleMania started, and then you had Hogan and Piper and, you know, Cowboy Bob Orton and then Jimmy Superfly Snuka. He was, uh, Johnny Valent was kind of like in that, in between, because he had already made his name a little bit before the rock and wrestling, but he wasn't necessarily a part of the huge boom with the golden era, but he was there, especially as a manager. So uh, I wasn't too familiar as far as like specific memories that I had. I just always remember him as the manager of that tag team. Um, but yeah, getting hit crossing the road, but not at a crosswalk. I don't know. Obviously, it's still a fresh story, so details are probably going to emerge, but uh, especially for WrestleMania weekend, a Hall of Famer passing away kind of sucks. Yeah, and as I'm reading this article on allwrestling.com, it did point out that <clears throat> so he and Jimmy Valiant uh, were later inducted, well, were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 1996, and they were the first tag team to enter WWE's Hall of Fame. So uh, one of the kind of notable Hall of Famers even for that reason. So it is sad, obviously, that he passed away, and uh, hopefully the families are coping uh, as as best that you can given the situation. What other news do we have? Well, this one doesn't have a funny headline because it's not really funny. It's just kind of, well, we knew it and now it's been said. So Brock Lesnar, as reported by Dana White himself, Dana, uh, is going back to the UFC. Now, 
this is a news story because um, on last night's UFC Tonight, Daniel Cormier, the light heavyweight champion and fighting for the heavyweight championship, asked Dana White just point blank, hey, is Dana White or is uh, Brock Lesnar coming back to the UFC? And Dana White did not hesitate. He said, yes, he is. This is where it gets a little interesting, though. He goes, we don't know when. We don't know a timetable. But, yeah, he's coming back. So, as we all kind of thought, Brock Lesnar to the UFC. What are your thoughts as a wrestling fan, not an MMA fan? What age is Brock now? He's not young. He's I want to say he's 37, 36, somewhere in there. So if I decided to go step into a UFC cage right now, uh, it really wouldn't work out too well for me. Now I'm not Brock Lesnar. Not, you know, not exactly. But it, to me, from witnessing MMA fans from afar, I've noticed that it seems to be a young man's game at some point, right? Life catches up with you, and the younger kids eventually, even if you were the baddest dude on the planet, are just bigger, stronger, faster. But there's been some outliers. You get some of these freak athletes. You mentioned George St. Pierre. You mentioned Brock Lesnar. So is it just because he's in that category that he could be 60 and beat up some kids? Well, so one thing, I just did a Google search. He's 40 years old, so even older than I thought. Here's what helps him, though. He's a heavyweight, right? So heavyweights suck. They all do. I mean, there's good ones, obviously. Cain Velasquez. I'm not saying they all suck. Stipe Miocic is great. But what I'm saying is... You don't necessarily have to be uber talented to still stay relevant in the heavyweight division. And on top of that, he has a style that keeps his shelf life a little bit longer than others, right? So he doesn't necessarily take a lot of damage. He tries to get in close quarters, tries to take you down, and then uses wrestling, his pure, real amateur wrestling, to you know get into uh, spots that uh, he can have an advantage in and then work from there, right? So he's not like necessarily getting a lot of uh, head trauma by getting punches to the head. Now, he's not the greatest uh, defensive uh, fighter in the world, so obviously someone can hit him. But what I'm saying is his style isn't necessarily that far out range where you can really get knocked out bad and really hardcore. Uh, so those things help him as far as staying relevant in the UFC. On top of that, there's plenty of low-level UFC heavyweights that he can beat the crap out of. So obviously at UFC 200, he beat up Mark Hunt, which I still thought was crazy because Mark Hunt is pretty good. Um, so he has skill, and he's he he can he can stay in the UFC for a little bit while longer to get those competitive juices. I think between me, you, and who is listening, I think that Brock Lesnar's time in the the WWE's done. I think he's done all the fun matches, right? So, like, you think of what can we do with Brock Lesnar? Well, he did the match with Smojo. He's done the match with Braun Strowman. He did even a match with AJ Styles. He's done a million matches, it feels like, uh, with uh, Roman Reigns. So, there's not necessarily, like, if he leaves to fulfill his own personal, you know, uh, wishes, that there's going to be something as me as a fan where I'm going to be like, oh, but I really wanted him to see yeah. fill in the blank. The only one I can think of, actually there's two, but I'm not, I'm okay if they don't happen, would be Nakamura because of that MMA style. But they wrestled in New Japan, so we can go watch that. Uh, and then Daniel Bryan, but now that's because he's returning. I feel like they could do something similar to The Undertaker, especially since they're losing The Undertaker here soon to that once a year and just make it like a, I have something to prove. I, I'm going to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. <laughs> no, you're not. And then, you know I mean? You, you could build at least two or three in a row easy off of that. 
Or you could even run a series of matches. You could say, hey, Brock, you know, like you said, Nakamura is going to say, I'm going to beat Lesnar at Mania, and it takes him three years. So we do three back-to-back, and we build this long-term storyline. Now you're banking on Nakamura being there, obviously, or you pick somebody else. But, you know what I mean? There's things you could do. Now, obviously, you don't have to – you can divert from that if you if you don't let everybody know it's going to take him three years. But uh, there's stuff you could do, but you're right. The regular storylines are just done. And anybody else that he'd be working with, you'd have to be building them to, like, a main event status – because you can't have like Bobby Roode and, and Brock Lesnar right now because you're not going to put Bobby Roode as, as the strap. You know, he's not going to be wearing the world title right now. So I, I just feel like you're right. It's kind of done. Good luck to him. Now, again, we're almost and we'll again, we've keep we keep on alluding to this that we're going to get to our picks. But, hey, uh, you know, one time he was a WWE employee and fought in the UFC. So that's not out of the realm of possibility that he re-ups, wins at WrestleMania, throws everyone for a loop because God knows he loves to do that at WrestleMania. And then we still have him as a champ. And then let's say in July, uh, which was around the time he fought last, he has another fight against a Derek Lewis or a Francis Ngannou or someone like that where I think those are winnable fights for him. So we shall see. But yeah, Dana White confirmed Brock Lesnar is coming back. However, let me say that with a caveat. Dana White lies. He could just easily be on this because like, hey, Brock wanted me to do a favor to drum up interest in his match. Yeah, he's coming, but we don't know if that's true or not. So it's a story because Dana White said it and he does make decisions, but like everything in the world, uh, believe it when you see it. All right, we'll move on to uh, our final, we'll call it a news story, but, you know, look, you're not getting your weekly wrestling news from us anymore, so we're just going to talk about the biggest thing here. Accompanying WrestleMania and some of its regalia and its hoopla is the WWE Hall of Fame. We already mentioned it with the unfortunate passing of Johnny Valiant, but we have new inductees this year, and this is one of my more favorite things about the whole WrestleMania week. Like, when I do go to that WrestleMania, I'm going to make sure I've got good tickets for the Hall of Fame because it's just such a, for the long-term wrestling fan, it's so full of emotion and memories and just, I mean, feel-good moments, you know? I love the Hall of Fame now that it's become its own event. You know, obviously early on, 96, 97, those were things that we weren't privy to seeing. But then, you know... I always think of like when Hogan and Piper went in, I think that was 2006. Then it felt like this is becoming an event. This is becoming a thing. Now they're selling out arenas when Ric Flair goes into the Hall of Fame or the Four Horsemen. This year has a good list. I thought it would be a little bit more jam-packed with uh, top-level talent. Um, I think they checked off all the boxes uh, to meet, you know, kind of what they want to feel as a well-rounded group. But... Not the most star-studded, I would say, but uh, I'll let you go ahead and... I've always wondered this, too, because, okay, so we've got eight here. I've got eight, we'll say names. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right? One of them's a tag team. But we're always going to, let's just discount in in this worry of mine, Celebrity and the Warrior Award, right? There will never be a shortage of those because there's always a celebrity to be had, there's always a, you know, somebody who's who's fighting. The Warrior Award's great, and there's always somebody that's going to be deserving of that. And so they won't ever run out. But the other, you got six names here. At some point, do the pickings start to become, like, questionable? Because every year you're now naming six people. That would mean every year six people have, uh, six new people have had some sort of lasting impact that would deserve of a Hall of Fame. Do you get my, my talk here? I, I do. I do think, though, that there's been strategic people left off so that when it is 
a year where you know maybe they're banking on uh, X wrestler to go to the Hall of Fame and for whatever reason negotiations fall through or they don't want to be a part of it, they can go back to you know the safety pick. I'm thinking of like a British Bulldog. I'm thinking of an Owen Hart. Uh, um, I'm thinking of demolition you know there's there's people there that they can mend fences to to be a stopgap of a oh well we need someone so let's do some quick math here it's 2018 let's say in 2038 right we're 20 years removed six times 20 you, you gathering what i'm saying here there's 120 names between now and then of 120 new names and past names do we still have this many that make us go yeah great great career hall of fame yeah, I do, because then you get into those guys where short, careers were cut short, right? An edge. Obviously, edge, how quick did that happen? You know what I mean? If this was the real sports Hall of Fame, a baseball, a football, a basketball, which basketball is kind of a joke, but, you know, one of those main, mainstream sports Hall of Fames, yeah, because then it's they have to wait a certain amount of period. But with this, you know, they could like Edge. Edge retired in what was it, January, and was in there in March. So it's like if Seth Rollins breaks his leg in 2020, it, Hall of Fame. Yeah, look at his career. So I think there's going to be enough people. And obviously, you know, you go to any local wrestling show, those guys are still busting their ass to get to that spot. So yeah, I do. Yeah, that's true, and you can always trim that if you feel that's a worry. Like, go to five, and yeah. you know, then you still have a seven-person class. All right, so let's kick him off. Or you could, you know, one Hall of Fame year, what you could do, because eventually Vince McMahon has to die. You could just have Vince McMahon be the only person, because who else goes in with Vince McMahon? No one. Right, so, yeah, the Vince year could be one thing that they're banking on, which that sounds morbid, but you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, there could be that, too. Huh. All right. Well, I'm just going to read them from top to bottom here on WWE.com. So we'll start with the big one, the, the headliner. Goldberg inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2018. Goldberg, get out of here. Your speech is going to be so 1990s. Well, and it's going to be so 1990s macho with a little hint of I love my kid and wife. Cool. I don't know. What is he going to wear? A, a suit made by No Fear and wear Oakleys? Like, I don't. Goldberg, hey, it was fun what you did with Brock Lesnar. You, you wrote a wrong because of how crappy that match was at WrestleMania 20. I love all of that. You do seem like a better person than when the first time you came into WWE. However, as a headline, like, this is it. That's kind of weak, in my opinion. I'm sure the people who loved Goldberg back then, and it was like Goldberg was the thing, and maybe stopped watching. This is probably one of the biggest names, right? So I get the draw, and I understand it. And he just has what the Jeff Hardy effect of, of you had was where just I, I never was like I don't get it. I don't see why everybody cares. But yeah, it just feels like this is just gonna be not. What I will find interesting about this is whenever we see these, when we hear all the, I, I like hearing the who they specifically tell stories about, who they talk about. We're not going to get the typicals in this because he was WCW. And the WWE has done a pretty good job of, it feels like, you know, when they, when people talk about the AFL and the NFL merged, it feels like WWE and WCW, they did just kind of merge them into WWE because we still get some of that lasting WCW moments, right? So we'll see that. We'll see him mention Eric Bischoff and we'll see him mention Dusty Rhodes and whoever was booking there at the time and those sorts of things. So that'll be unique at least. Well, yeah, and let me clarify my point. As far as a draw and who he was in pro wrestling history, yeah, he was arguably the top three 
biggest draws in the time period that pro wrestling made its most money. So he is well deserving. What I'm more speaking about is his Hall of Fame speech, right? So like remember how I think it was last year, maybe the year before when Jim Cornette went in, right? Our intrigue was like, oh, I have to watch this. Like this is going to be cool. What will he say? King of one-liners, all of that stuff. I'm speaking more of that as a viewing this as a fan. I don't really care that he's going to close the show because he is so polished with his, you know, um, I know who to speak to. I know who I want to thank kind of thing. I will say one interesting aspect of this is that Paul Heyman is going to be the one inducting him. So those two don't seem to have a real connection. Obviously the Brock Lesnar thing, but that is, seems more recent. Um, well, I thought Eric Bischoff. I don't know if they necessarily got along great or were like this thing. I think it was very much an employee relationship between them from whatever I've read. So, yeah, I don't know who they're I, – I was – when I thought I was like, Triple H is going to have to do this. Oh, but they hate each other. I know they like each other now, but they hate each other back then. Yeah, I would have thought – if you're putting Goldberg in, I would have said Bischoff. Now, if they don't get along, even though – He's kicked out of the Hall of Fame and blah, blah, blah. But then I would say it's Hogan because Goldberg's biggest moment was beating Hogan for the title. That would be a hell of a way to bring Hogan back, too. Right. Yeah, so I would have thought, you know, that could be a thing. Now, they're slowly creeping Hogan in, if you've noticed, right? So they're showing some pictures of him in social media, on Instagram and Twitter and things like that. So he's coming back, I think. But with Goldberg, my, my initial criticism was that this speech is going to be kind of 2% milk. Yeah. I also, for whatever reason, I do see that they're sprinkling Hogan back in, but I do think even public opinion about Hogan was kind of mixed. Even when that came out, he was somewhat forgiven on the moment it happened by a large portion of that community. Um, Cause they were kind of like, ah, Hogan's not really that dude, you know? Well, if we want to get into that just for a quick second, the whole thing I thought was stupid because when the incident happened, right, that whole sex tape and all of that, if you're going to take a person for his word and say, hey, that was me when I was going through a divorce, I was in a dark space, and I was video recorded without anyone sure. no, or without me knowing it, and I didn't think anyone would hear it, and also I was in the process of banging a girl. Just been that right, yeah. Go along with how she is. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, but... With all that being said, he had said that was before I have now changed, you know, over a new leaf. So, yeah, I never understood the whole thing. But um, anyhow, back to Goldberg. Yeah, back to Goldberg. So Goldberg um, goes in as the headliner. Again, I think it's well-deserving as far as uh, must-watch TV. That's where I'm getting a little poo-poo on it. Yeah, which kind of brings me into the next one going in because I feel more of these people are – Hall of Fame worthy because of their career, but you know maybe the mainstream media wouldn't know the name as much, and it's the Dudley Boys. They're being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, I think they're, at least their accolades and the things they've done and the places they've been would put them at one of the most accomplished people on this list. But, again, I said there's a mainstream media portion of that where the average passive wrestling fan doesn't necessarily know who the Dudley Boys are. Yeah, they kind of fit the um, fabulous Freebirds uh, role this year. Um, I think it's going to be great because Bubba Ray can really talk. He can cut a promo. So talk. 
he can cut a promo in character. Now you give him the opportunity to talk for himself, and then it's just going to be awesome. Devon does really well as you know for himself, uh, but I think Bubba Ray is going to kill it here. And then inducting those two are going to be Edge and Christian, which you know from listening to their podcast and just their promo work in the past. They're going to do really well. And on top of that, they know the Dudleys really well. So it's not like the Paul Heyman Goldberg thing where we don't understand it. We know from the TLC matches that these four people know each other. So I think this is going to be the one I'm most excited to see. Bubba Ray Dudley has always been one of my, like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Guilty pleasures, if you will. Um, I, I do think he's top five, one of the best talkers in the business. Uh, maybe you put him in top three. I guess I'd really have to sit down with a list, um, you know, at least of in-ring workers for sure. The guy, I've seen him turn the Philadelphia crowd against him in sentences. Uh, you know, I mean, a friend of mine, Dan the Cannon, from the old, you know, other podcast days, uh, mentioned he saw him start a riot in Chicago just by promos. I mean, the guy can go. So, yes, uh, giving him a chance to then freely express such an overwhelming emotion like being on this stage of being acknowledged by your peers should be absolutely amazing. Uh, it'll have everything, laughs, tears, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and Edge and Christian, like you said, are just, uh, you've got some silver tongue devils with a lot of charisma and a lot of knowledge of each other. And that should be one of the highlights of the show. Mm-hmm. All right. We can just move on. Uh, Ivory's going to be inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, Ivory's uh, Ivory was always fun. What, what are your thoughts? Right to censor. That's where I always go to is right to censor because, God, she had the worst voice in the world. She was dressed like a mean nun. Uh, She walked like just the worst principal at elementary school. Um, Her her work was really good. She, again, kind of fits that, well, it's a a female wrestler because while I do think of her for right to censor, while I do think of her as – Someone during that attitude era that always seemed to have a match either, you know, every week or once a month, something like that outside of right to censor. I don't know. Like it's a, she didn't have any, I can't think of any, like if I were to tell you, and I'll ask you this question right now, who was her arch rival? Nothing. I got nothing. So, yeah, I agree with you. The right to center sticks out the most um, of all of that. But, again, it definitely was fun. I, I kind of – right to center was one of those where I feel like it, when you write it on paper and you spell it out, it's a gimmick. You're like, this is going to be great. And then you put it out there and you're like, eh, nobody really cares. Her career definitely uh, was one that was notable. But, you know, that's kind of all I really – you know, I, I never really had a deep connection to Ivory. So we'll just move on. This next one is one of the more shocking ones, I think, of the year. And it's J E double F, J A double R E double T is going into the H A double L O double F A M E. What are your thoughts? He wears a G W F shirt or G F W shirt. God, I can't stand Jeff Jarrett. You know, if if they paid him a nickel to go in, they paid four cents too much. I can't stand anything he's done. He represents everything that was about wrestling. What what was his greatest thing? That he was the champion in WCW in the year 2000. How much money did they lose? This guy's going in. Cool. Yeah. Uh, He'll be wearing white pants is what he'll be wearing. But uh, slap nuts. How can you deny slap nuts? Easily. It was stupid in the year 2000 WCW. Literally, he did nothing good. I mean, he had some cool 
Intercontinental Championship matches uh, with Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, right? Uh, he did the whole lip syncing thing where we got introduced to Road Dog Jesse James, who that's who's inducting him. So hopefully they play up that little angle because that's the first thing I thought of. But even in that angle, I didn't care about Jeff Jarrett. I cared about Road Dog Jesse J- or yeah Jesse James, which maybe that's what you're supposed to do as the heel, and I'm a kid. But everything he did was just crappy i hope what they play and i don't mean to poo poo him this much but screw him i hope what they play in his hall of fame package is that he lost to china and lost the intercontinental championship ha you lost to china and they can't even talk about china i hope you bring that up hope you bring up all the money you tried to stiff uh vince out of i hope also in your hall of fame speech or in your hall of fame package they show how vince fired you on TV the night he bought WCW. You waste of space. I hope Elias hits you over the head with a guitar. Yeah, you know Vince probably too. He probably just views him as uh, Jerry Jarrett's just dork son, who he probably thought Jerry Jarrett was dork anyway. Uh, Listen to old Pritchard's old things. It's kind of the feel he got. And he just kept Jerry around because Jerry knows wrestling. You know, he's like, whatever. And then Jeff's out there causing problems all the time. And, and yeah, I too think Jeff Jarrett sucks. I don't like anything about him. But it will be unique because of the first time we've seen him with a live mic on WWE TV. So. Again, same kind of thing. Who he's thanking, who he's talking about, the stories he tells. Does he go? Does he go chalk and be respectful, or does he throw a couple zingers out there to be like, "Ha"? Well, and specifically for him, he has a different crowd than, let's say, if he goes into the Hall of Fame five years ago, right? Because now you have AJ Styles, now you have Bobby Roode, now you have a lot of TNA guys that were there that he gave them a break. And so now he's going to be standing up there, and even though it's a WWE Hall of Fame, he's got a lot of TNA guys out there to where if a moment gets too big or if he can't remember you know, a fun story, he can look to an AJ Styles and be like, hey, remember our great match that we had at TNA Bound for Glory you know, 2010 or whatever. So I think it will help him to be in that room and not be so awkward because of all the familiar faces that he has in there. However... Like I said, if they're, he never drew a dime, and if he did draw a dime, the person paid nine cents too much. Remember our uh, reverse battle royal sitting in the chair on a pole match at, at, at lockdown? <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll move on. All right, next is the Warrior Award. They do this every year to somebody kind of deserving who's, who's basically a fighter um, among, you know, amidst um, – what would otherwise seem a debilitating ailment or, or something along those lines? We have Jerry S. J. J. Robertson to receive the Warrior Award. Um, is this the third one they're doing now? I think it's the third one because I remember Joan London, well, Connor, Connor, and then now this. So I think this is the third one. Uh, I know J.J. because he was involved. I'm a big basketball fan, NBA fan specifically, and he was involved in a lot of the All-Star Weekend uh, he overcame, and I believe it's that he has one kidney, and he has a he he's really uh, about um, hey, if you want to help, be a donor, right? So he that's that's kind of his message is like I got I'm here because of a donor. I want you to help others so that they can be here because you're a donor. Um, he is uh, quick with the the one liners as well though, and he doesn't care who he offends because he's a kid. Uh, so he should be fun. Um, he'll have some funny one-liners. I think, um, yeah, like I remember, uh, Miz asked him who his favorite uh, superstar was, and he said John Cena, you know, first. And he goes, "Well, who's number two? And he's like, 
Roman Reigns. He goes, who's number three? And he said, Seth Rollins. And then he goes, who's number four? And JJ just cut him off. He goes, you're going to be at the bottom of this list. So he knows how to handle a crowd and handle some questions. Uh, so his, his induction should be interesting. It should be also interesting that it's a kid. Yeah. Like, right. you know, we'll see how that handles. First kid that's been alive to receive the award, too. So that, that'll be interesting. Oh, there was another uh, Warrior Award. Uh, remember the, the football player that was paralyzed? Right. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember his name. But, yeah, he was another one. Yeah, South Carolina, I think, uh, defensive back. So, yeah, okay. So, uh, the next is one that I remember from my childhood. When I started watching wrestling, it was, you know, mid-80s, maybe early 80s, somewhere right around that, 85, 86, I want to say, something like five or six years old. Uh, and Hulk Hogan, obviously, was the big name. But there was another guy who was very, you know, clean, uh, you know, cartoonish almost, but a big man, big hero. And it was Hillbilly Jim. So, now Hillbilly Jim's being inducted. Um, but as I think about it, really all I kind of remember is, like, Hey, I'm Hillbilly Jim, and I'll go beat the guys up. And that was kind of it. Yeah, and his whole gimmick was based off of Hogan giving someone a chance. So he was like Hogan's shadow. Yeah. So that's the whole – Rat picked him out of the crowd, and that's how he – he's like the – yeah, he's the 1980s version of Santino, except for he then he wasn't like funny like Santino. Right, yeah, Santino did Hillbilly Jim better than Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, but San- I think we should. If Hillbilly Jim's going in, I think he did really well. I think he was another guy where he's a great mid-card guy during the rock and wrestling. I remember him part of like the Hulk. Yeah, I remember him as the uh, in the Hulk Hogan cartoons that would play. Uh, I remember him in wrestling doing things as like the first match. Yeah, it was an easy gimmick to get behind. He was actually the very first pro wrestler I ever met. I met him at the St. Louis Mall, part of the WrestleMania Access Tour. Super nice, gave me an autograph, and gave me a hug. And didn't smell weird. He was the first professional wrestler to meet you so i'm trying to be humble you know 2018 the year of the new idea but yes he was the first one to meet me obviously it was his honor he loved it um but yeah he was a super nice guy and then the second guy i met was on the same day but it was the same guy that met me uh was ron simmons yeah yeah exactly so but yeah hillbilly jim again another good mid carter look this this is my criteria and it goes back a few years ago but if coco beware gets in Man, the bar's pretty low, so Hillbilly Jim can get in too, right? Like, there's a lot of guys in that era that if Coco Beware gets in, they got to get in too, and Hillbilly Jim is one of them. I like that. All right, uh, we will move on. All right, this next one is Won't Leave Our Lives. It feels like we're talking about this guy nearly every week now, and I don't like it. It is the celebrity inductee this year, and it is the best rap rock artist of the 90s kid rock well no that's not true uh well are you saying singular artist well because if you're gonna say just musician you got limp biscuit was better lincoln park but was better corn was way better uh yeah so yeah he wasn't that good and he's not that good of a person. He did the Undertaker song, right? So everyone thinks that he's going to play the Undertaker song at WrestleMania, and then that's when Undertaker comes out. That's stupid. Yeah. That's stupid. Because that would have been cool when it happened in 2000, and even then it would have been stupid. And so this is dumb, and I don't care. I don't like him. He can't make coherent sentences. He's not 
captivating. He has no charisma. Uh, his biggest song, he had to yell his name to make sure you remembered him. Uh, there's no redeemable quality about him. Uh, I hope all the worst things in the world happen to him. Um, I hope when he gives his induction speech, he chokes on a spit and he has to be escorted out. Um, I hope that we hear uh, that he was in traffic uh, and couldn't make it to the event. So where then he couldn't even be inducted. He's the worst and he's ugly. Yeah. uh, Before we move on, I will just say that I now feel that earning an induction into the WWE Hall of Fame is now less impressive because they're doing it to Kid Rock. And then there goes, you know, how I say Coco Beware, which credit to Coco Beware. He was a character that got over and a gimmick that worked with the bird and the kids and all that stuff. What I'm saying, though, is he didn't do anything spectacular to be Hall of Fame worthy going on with Kid Rock. He did a song once for Undertaker, and he did one stupid song at WrestleMania 25 where the Divas walked out and did like some gyration on him, and they had the worst match in WrestleMania history, the Battle Royal, which was god-awful, which was won by a man. Should tell you how bad they were back then. Um, so get out of here. Get out of here. And then who goes in after that? Kim Kardashian? Because once she hosted WrestleMania... I'm being serious. Is that, that's a real thing that could happen. You know, Snoop Dogg's already in. Like, this is the worst. The worst. Well, at some point, they're just going to, whatever celebrity did something with him that year, they're just going to have to put into it that year. All right, we'll talk about the final one. And we both love this guy a lot. It is the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. So this is going to be hard because he did the best ever fake retirement speech of all time. So if he wears that same suit, I'm not buying this. Like, I'm just like, nope, this isn't real, right? So uh, he has a great career, right? So he has so many things that you could talk about, right? So obviously the world's strongest man, the Hall of Pain, uh, the Nation of Domination, Sexual Chocolate, May Young and the Hand. I mean, there's so much stuff that you could talk about with him specifically that I think his induction will be a highlight of the night. Uh, he's a good talker, especially when you're just saying, hey, talk about yourself. Don't cut a promo necessarily. So I think he can do a lot of good things. Big Show's inducting him, so you know they have a good history. Uh, they have you know feats of strength, competitions, things like that. So uh, there's going to be fun things from Big Show. Big Show, again, in his own right, very good talker as well. Um, but yeah, this will be a good one. This is the highlight to me. It's going to be Mark Henry and it's going to be the Dudley boys. Um, so like I said, not the strongest year ever, you know, like I remember when Jake, the snake and razor Ramon went in, like, again, those felt like it was so heavy that maybe one of those could have been this year. I don't know. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm excited, uh, overall, just because like you said, it's a hall of fame and they, they always do something fun here. Um, but I will definitely uh, not watch the Kid Rock because Kid Rock is trash, and I don't support trash. All right, on that note, we will take a break because we're going to come back and start making some of our picks. While T-Mac works himself up a fun fact over there, I will thank our Slater Gator beer sponsor of the week, Adam Pearson, for supplying us with this week's Boulevard Brewing Company Vamos Mexican-style beer. Fun fact... Gold dust is winless at WrestleMania. The Spanish announce table. 
Alright, T-Mac, it's time for the WrestleMania picks. I'm going to do way better than you are. Everybody is aware of this. Everybody knows this. Um, so it's probably they can probably just skip ahead because they're just going to get it. Fake news! Okay. Alright, so uh, we started kicking these off with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which I love. What Are you a fan of these? Uh, no, I'm not. I think they're boring. I think they're a waste of time. However, I like that they're this one specifically is placed on the pre-show because unlike when it was in Dallas uh, and it was on the main card, I was like, this is dumb. They did have Shaq in that one, and that was pretty cool. And then last year's one had Rob Gronkowski, which was kind of cool. But stop it. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that now it's just in the pre-show. I will forever remember that moment strictly because that tiny female cop was going to fuck Rob Gronkowski up, and he was scared. Yeah, yeah, because she was going to do her job. She does not mess around. Actually, I listened to a podcast, uh, the Sam Roberts podcast that Roman did, and I think her name is Susie, and he's like, yeah, Susie would have messed him up. Like, was serious about it, too. Wasn't, like, joking around. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so we got the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal uh, this year. Uh, I'll start with asking you, who do you got? Well, let me run through the list of the names that they have at least written on WWE.com right now. We're doing this Thursday before the show. So this is probably not an all-inclusive list, but we got Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, Mojo Rawley, Tyler Breeze, Fondango, Ty Dillinger, Dash Wilder, Scott Dawson, Woken Matt Hardy, Gold Dust, Heath Slater, Rhino, Zack Ryder, and Primo Cologne. I don't know. I don't see a name on here that they feel like they're going to build like they like they had with, you know, at least not a new name, right? They could use that rub. Um, but I could see them maybe giving like a legacy one to Gold Dust or maybe. Eh, well, who do you All right. This is what's going to happen. You ready? Uh, you're going to see Brother Nero come back out because he's cleared and he's good to go. So we're going to see him. Uh, you're right. And um, we also haven't seen uh, Bray Wyatt since he went into the, I don't know, what lake of reincarnation. Yeah. So I think we're going to get the Woken Warriors helping the Woken Matt Hardy to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, so that everyone can say, delete, delete, delete at the end. Yeah, I think you might be right there, too. Yeah, well, we've also got the first ever women's Battle Royal match. Not uh, Young anymore. Not the May Young, or it was, um, yeah, not the Fabulous Moolah right. uh, <laughs> Invitational or whatever the hell that was. That backfired on him pretty quick. Although the um, trophy, if you look at it, looks like ovaries. I'm just going to say it does because you know it too. Look at it next time. It's ovaries. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, who do you got in this? All right. Let's check again the list from WWE.com. And in there so far announced is um, Foxy Forehead, Sasha Banks, or was that um, Alicia Fox was Foxy Forehead? Alicia Fox. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Sasha Banks is the uh, weave uh, Weave Warrior, Natalia, Lana, not Lana, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Becky Lynch, Naomi Bailey, Mickey James, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, and Carmella. I don't really know. I'm gonna say Sasha Banks. I don't think so. I I think Bailey and Sasha cancel each other out. I uh, I think because they have a storyline, they're gonna build that. If one of them won, it wouldn't make sense for them to then keep battling. So I think they're gonna cancel each other out. I think. Because she kind of got the wrong end of the stick. 
even though she had a great match with Charlotte, uh, but then was overshadowed by Asuka, I think Ruby Riot will win it because then I think that adds the Riot Squad a little bit more validity to stay as a group, you know, be a cohesive unit with a real strong leader. Uh, so I'm going Ruby Riot. All right. Also on the kickoff show, we have Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali in the WWE Cruiserweight Championship Tournament Finals. And I think Cedric Alexander, because it's pretty cliche of WWE to go happy clap dance uh, in these moments. Uh, as Enzo said, he is the man that Charisma forgot. Uh, so he's not going to be a strong champion. However, he was feuding with Enzo before that whole debacle. Uh, I think uh, even though even though Mustafa has been turning heads with his great uh, match work and posting uh, these promos on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff, I still think they're going to go with, hey, this was the plan all along. Uh, so now we've got a moment to build off of, and I think you're going to see Cedric Alexander win. And then we go, hey, who was it that won the Cruiserweight Championship two hours ago? Tell you what I'm most impressed with by this is I'm most impressed with that the cruiserweight division is still a thing. Yeah, yeah, because it shouldn't be at all. No, I agree with you there. All right, we will move on to the Raw Women's Championship: Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. I think it's Nia Jax time. I think they're going to put it on her. See, that's too many. I'm going no. I'm going Alexa Bliss because that's too many. Yays! Right? We need a. Oh no. She's got the big, strong, menacing thing that gets her over that, some of that, right? Like, so it won't be necessarily like, oh, yay. It's like, well, yeah. Right? Yeah, look at her. I I think she'll win the title at the pay-per-view after this, the Backlash or Re- Revenge Tour, one of, you know, whatever that is, because I think Mickey James will cause a distraction that gets a roll-up. Because Alexa Bliss lost her title last year to Naomi in Orlando. So I don't think someone that they're trying to build as, like, a – Big figure in the women's division, losing top right top level, losing two years in a row at WrestleMania is not good. So I'm gonna say Alexa Bliss gets it this time, and the next time Nia Jax goes on a rampage, a la Braun Strowman style, and then gets it that way. Uh, as is common with WrestleMania this day and age, they try to cram as many people as they can onto the show, so they piece together a lot of things that seemingly didn't make sense before. WrestleMania time came around, and this is a prime example. We have The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro taking on Braun Strowman and a partner of his choosing. This has been an interesting storyline going through, and I'm just going to say it now. We said this off air when we were kind of discussing it, but I think Braun Strowman's going to pick no partner, but what he's going to say is he brought two partners, and it's these hands. That is the coolest thing. That should be what he does. If I were booking it, T-Mac Storytime, a segment we used to do, uh, way back in the day, I would have it be James Ellsworth because James Ellsworth was the guy that was the first opponent for Braun Strowman when he became Braun Strowman and not the Bray Wyatt Braun Strowman. And look at him, right? Like the, 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 the contrast between him and Braun is just funny. Also, I think this is a good way if Ellsworth was the partner you could have Ellsworth take the pin. Braun moves on to the world title picture. The bar keep their titles, and then they can say, we still have beat everyone. Then a new tag team, Hardys or whatever it is, uh, comes into the picture. However, I do think that it'll just be Braun. So I'm, but who do you got? So I'm going to go Braun. Yeah. 
it's brawn in them hands, man. That's what's happening. It's 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 pretty easy, and it's an easy sell. Everybody watches Braun Strowman and goes, yeah, that dude would beat and eat everybody in front of him. So I think that's an easy one to go. All right, we'll move on to these mid-card titles thing, and then maybe we'll take a break. Maybe we'll hit a segment in there. Maybe not. We've got the United States Championship. This is another one where it feels like they combined – as many people as they could into this match. It's a fatal four-way. It's Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, and Rusev. Um, first of all, how over was Rusev and Rusev Day on the last SmackDown? Well, yeah, every SmackDown you, you watch, that's the dominant dominant uh, chant throughout the night. I think that chant and his merchandise sales got him in this match. I think he was going to be in the Andre the Giant, and then they're like, well, we can't do that. Uh, I think this is going to be the feel-good moment of the night. I think everyone wants champ Rusev Day, so I got Rusev. I'm going to go with that pick, too, uh, just because I want to see it. Uh, I, I've saved that SmackDown on my DVR to show my kids because um, I, I mentioned it in passing the Rusev Day to my daughter, and she was rolling her eyes, and she had said something where uh, her kids had, uh, one of her friends had mentioned it, and I was like, her friend's wrestling fans like Rusev Day and they're like no they had just heard the things you know like it's pretty stupid and I was like it is not stupid and I'm gonna show her how that crowd got into it be like you think all these people are stupid she'll probably roll her eyes at me and say yeah but so we're both picking Rusev US title because huh? it's Rusev mania it's gotta be done well uh oddly enough and it's kind of crazy because I don't think uh this happens that often but Wrestlemania actually falls on a holiday uh which is Rusev Day that's right. That's very true. Uh, I told my daughter she just had a birthday on the fourth. I told her your birthday coincides with it. She said Rusev Day. Yeah, I get it. That's like, all right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The Intercontinental Championship is on the line when the Miz takes on Seth Rollins and another person because we've got a lot of slots to fill on WrestleMania. Finn Balor. I think the Miz keeps this, and I think Seth Rollins and Finn Balor keep kind of feuding post Mania, and the Miz moves on. I think Miz loses this because I think Miz will be the first challenger to the WWE or Universal Championship post WrestleMania. Um, so I think they're going to give it to Seth Rollins because really, Seth Rollins has never had a singles mid card title. Like he had the United States title, but he was also the. Uh, heavyweight champion at the same time. So I think this will be the first time where we're like, hey, we're going to identify him as a great in-ring worker and give him that legacy of joining the Bret Hart's Mr. Perfects. And so this will be a good way to get him established and then back into the main event picture later on in the year. All right, let's talk about one that's not on this list before we take a break because it's it should be on the list. It hasn't been announced They'll figure out a way to say this. But John Cena's taken on The Undertaker, right? Unfortunately, right? Because when we want to see high stakes and great storytelling and athleticism at the highest peak, which is all things encompassed in pro wrestling, we think of a 52-year-old with bad hips and Jan Cena. Yeah. Um, so it's going to happen, I think. I don't even know. I think Undertaker is going to win because it'll be his last hurrah. And then I think next year at WrestleMania, Undertaker goes into the Hall of Fame. So I think this is his last ball. And so Undertaker wins. The only thing I hope, and God bless America, 
please don't let this happen. The only thing I don't want to happen is no stupid Kid Rock involvement. None of it. Those stupid rumors need to go away. I don't know who started them. If it if you started them and you're listening, I hope you're you get a itchy butt in public and you can't itch it because it's rude and socially unacceptable. I hope you have something in your teeth when you're given a presentation. I hope you get a flat tire in a spot that you don't have cell phone service. Like that is horrible that you started this rumor. You're all bad people if it's more than one. They could do something cool out of this if they, you know, if he shows up and he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I put, you know, my gear and I'm retired. But then they introduced somebody that would come in and just beat the dog stuffing out of him. Right. I mean, just just like you're like, who the hell is this person? Right. Right. Like, here's my son. Right. And then we never hear from him again. Right. But that's not what they're going to do. And I really because Cena's not known for. I mean, Cena can go. The, the whole five moves of Doom thing is a bit of a overstated thing. I mean, the guy's got a move set. He can go. He can. He knows how to tell a story. So he'll have to carry this match, just given the physical limitations of the Undertaker. But he's also not known as being the guy that carries the match. So it'll, I'm a little worried about how this goes. So I don't know. I hope it's a segment and not a match, honestly. I hope it's just like a do something. Lights go out. Lights come on. Grabs him, choke slams, lights go off, Cena's recovering, stands up, grins, and then we move on. Like that would be best case scenario, but I do think there's gonna be a match. Oh goodness. It's just Undertaker, you should have retired. You know what should have happened? He should have beat Shawn Michaels uh when Shawn Michaels' career was on the line, WrestleMania twenty six. And then when Shawn Michaels was like, I'm done. No, actually, he should have when they did the end of the era match with uh, Shawn Michaels as the ref, Triple H as his opponent. That should have ended right there. It should have been end of an era, end of you. Unfortunately, it has gone on way too long. So, yeah, I hope this is it. Because it's go. Just stop, man. Because now, now you're the guy. Now you're Hank Aaron playing in the outfield. Or Willie Mays playing in the outfield, and you can't get the catches that you used to. Or you're Tom Bahali. All right, we will move on. We're going to take a break because uh, we've got more matches to cover. And we, well, you know what we need to do? We need to tell people about our Slater Gator beer sponsor of the week, Adam Pearson. I heard that the guy always pays his cell phone bill two days early. I heard that he's such a fantastic person that he lights up your day. If he gets in contact with you, like if you contact or he contacts you, if there's any type of interaction either verbally or in passing your day is automatically better. I heard uh, back in the days of blockbuster that he would find tapes that were not rewound and he would rent them just so he could take them home, rewind them and bring them back. I heard that when he walks, um, people try to draw the outline of his shoe to put in memory how great it was that he he stepped in that spot. Yeah, I heard whenever he comes to a four-way stop, that regardless of if it's his term or his time to go or not, that he always lets the other three people go first. I heard that when any of his appliances breaks, even if it's after warranty, they just give him a new one for free. Yeah, I heard he recycles even when it's not mandated by his local municipalities. 
And on top of that, he will allow others like neighbors to recycle on his behalf so that more people are recycling. Yeah, he's a great man. Uh, we, we, we just should just leave it at that. Adam Pearson, he's the Slater Gator Beer Sponsor of the Week. If you want to be the Slater Gator Beer Sponsor of the Week and uh, hear us tell everyone all the great things about you that we've heard, because these are all legitimate things that we've heard about Adam Pearson. I don't want to make it sound like we're making this stuff up on the spot. Uh, certainly, we wouldn't do such a thing. These are all real things that we've heard through Twitter, Facebook, yada, 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 which leads me into a fun thing. Follow us at Table Show on Twitter. Uh, and the Spanish Announce Table podcast on Facebook. And we're going to take a break, come back and talk about the rest of WrestleMania when we return to the Spanish Announce Table on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And- Fun fact, Shazam has been around since 2002, before smartphones. You had to dial 2580 to Shazam a song. Then they'd text you the name of it. The Spanish Announce Table. All right, T-Mac, I'm starting to feel a little bit of this uh, Vamos uh, from Boulevard, Mexican-style lager that Adam Pearson, our wonderful Slater Gator beer sponsor of the week, a guy who smells amazing, by the way. Katie Schamberger, friend of the show, Rob Schamberger's wife, repeatedly says that Paul Heyman is the greatest man she's ever smelled, or greatest smelling man she's ever smelled, I guess. Um, uh, I've heard Adam Pearson just smells like world peace and children's laughter. Actually, Paul Heyman uh, has been quoted as saying he wants to try to smell like Adam Pearson. That is his goal in life. Even though he is the advocate for Brock Lesnar, uh, his main goal in life is to smell as good as Adam Pearson. Yeah, they cut it from the DVD uh, and the the WWE Network special because... Yeah, it's there, but they, they didn't want everyone else to realize that they might not ever smell as great as Adam Pearson. So, you know, it's awkward. Nobody wants to watch it. They don't want to pay $9.99 a month to watch that. So we'll just get back into the WrestleMania picks. Thanks again, Adam Pearson, for being our Slater Gator Beer Sponsor of the Week, which you can be too, going to tableshow at gmail.com. Uh, even you Tim and Tom listeners uh, that realize that we don't do the Spanish Announce Table, uh, we'll let you be the Slater Gator Beer Sponsor of the Week at Tim and Tom too. We don't care. We are very flexible, um, some of us more so than others. All right, back into the WrestleMania. We've got the SmackDown. T- I don't even know what that was about. We got the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We got the Usos, the New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers in a triple threat match. And I think this is going to be that in-ring match that steals the show, as it usually did in any pay-per-view they were on. Yeah, and my pick is the Bludgeon Brothers, and this goes along with the Braun Strowman um, bar match because I think the Bludgeon Brothers – uh, win the match. I have a hunch that eventually in the next week or two after uh, WrestleMania, there's going to be a superstar shakeup. And I think yeah. the bar goes to SmackDown and I think the Usos go to raw yeah. and then you get the bar versus the bludgeon brothers. And that's why you need some new blood as the champions. Um, and also they look incredible. They're beating up both teams. I can see some like, I bet you you're going to get a couple spots where it's like Big E and Jimmy Uso uh, perform a you know double-team maneuver of the New Days on one of the Bludgeon Brothers or vice versa. You know, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of like the Usos and the New Day need to team up to beat this team, and they still can't, and that's when the Bludgeon Brothers win. Yeah, I, I guess I can see that um, angle. I mean, they're going to have to lose the Raw tag titles if they get shaken up and move over to SmackDown, aren't they? I mean, how would you do Is Braun Strowman going to be the tag team champion? 
Yeah, that's what I picked. I think Braun Strowman will be the tag team champions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's true. It, it, I, I guess I didn't. Well, the is the title. They never said the title was yeah, on the line no, in this match, did they? Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, they don't list that here on the thing. Yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I could see that. If not, I would think the New Day because I feel like they're trying to get the New Day those numbers. They want them to be the they're your eight time tag team champs, right? I think they're trying to inflate that number to make them seem like they're above and beyond. I think this is where we start to see the dissension. I think by SummerSlam. Right? Is SummerSlam the next big one? Yeah, SummerSlam. SummerSlam is going to be the next big one, and that's when you're going to get a triple threat between the three of them. Uh, boy, Big E, when he started doing his uh, – when he was squaring off with the Usos and he started going into, oh, all we've been doing, I was very impressed with his promo. He's great. He's the star of the three. I think Xavier Woods is the good manager, yada, yada, yada. I think Kofi Kingston is the fun spots, but I think the best all around, that's Big E. Xavier Woods is the life. If we had a party here right now, Xavier Woods would be the life of the party. But he's not the like superstar, like the Stone Cold Steve Austin level kind of guy. I agree with you there. Like if he was here, everybody would love Xavier Woods and, and can't wait till he comes back. But he's never going to be that like star of this feud, like guy who goes on to have seven world titles for sure. I agree with that. All right, um, let's move on. Ooh, the SmackDown Women's Championship: Charlotte Flair versus Oscar. Uh, does it end here? Like is 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 I, I don't think it does because I think they think Charlotte can take this hit now, right? She's been the queen and yada yada, but Oscar clearly it feels it will feel like the whole build that they've wanted to do with Oscar, right? The undefeated, the nobody's ready for Oscar for whatever reason. She just keeps winning for whatever reason, um, and that falls short if she just loses to Charlotte here. I agree, but. I think Charlotte wins. I think Charlotte wins, and then Carmella. No, but like a like a small package, or um, maybe maybe a heel thing. Yeah, maybe a heel thing. Because this is what I think happens. I think Charlotte does something sneaky, something dirty, right? Just but like, ooh, okay, I might have done that too, right? Something low key dirty, right? Uh, beats Oscar, then celebrates. I'm the woman, da, 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 da. Carmella comes out, rolls up Carmella. Then at the next Charlotte. SmackDown, or Charlotte, yeah, uh, Carmella uh, rolls up Charlotte. Then Carmella's like, I'm the champion. On the first Tuesday on SmackDown, Carmella's like, I replaced my money in the bank with the championship. And Asuka goes, me and you. And then Asuka becomes champion that way. And now you have Charlotte who says, I beat you. Rematch. Rematch, but the tables are turned because Asuka's now the champion. Yeah. Ooh, I like that, but you're wrong. Oscar's winning it, man. All right, this one is probably the match I'm most looking forward to. A, because, I mean, just uh, who's returning. And then also just uh, the storyline and where it goes from here. We've got Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. First of all, the return of Daniel Bryan is big enough build for this match. I mean, it could be Daniel Bryan and anybody versus anybody. Or Daniel Bryan versus anybody, right? It could just be whatever. So that's interesting enough. Uh, combined with that, he knows Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn so well. This, the the outlier here is Shane McMahon, but some of that will just be taken up by he won't have to do much, actually. So, And it just fits more for storyline purposes. But, you know, uh, you kind of mentioned this to me quickly. Uh, they're obviously not firing Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but they do have a brand situation to deal with. So how do you think this shakes out? I want to say, I, I 
for whatever reason, Daniel Bryan's standing tall here saying yes at the end, but is it is it a win or is it a beatdown after the other team won? That's where I'm hung up, and I haven't quite decided yet. I'm going safe here. I'm going to say that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win. They pin Shane McMahon so that Daniel Bryan doesn't have to suffer a loss, like, you know, a pin loss. Right. Uh, Shane doesn't care. I also think this is not going to be a typical Shane match because of the diverticulitis that he just got diagnosed with not too long ago. Um, So I think they're going to play it safe as far as an in-ring match, right? I think this is this and then the Ronda... Uh, Kurt versus Triple H and Stephanie are going to be the two biggest like storyline gimmicks. Like there's going to be a ton of like the ref was distracted and this was happening and this was happening. Yeah, this is, yeah, all this weird stuff because Shane can't go crazy like he typically does. And they probably also don't want to go a million percent on Daniel Bryan because this is the first time because you don't really know, right? So you just, yeah, exactly. So you want to put your toes in the water and just see what happens. Um, but I do think Kevin Owens and Shane or Kevin Owens and uh, uh, Sami Zayn uh, come out victorious. They go back on SmackDown. Then Daniel Bryan becomes a full-time wrestler. You get Jeff Jarrett as the GM. Shane McMahon uh, goes back to his role, yada, yada, yada. Um, That's the safe bet, and I think that's what's going to happen. I want to pick that, too, because there's just no way Owens and Zayn are fired. Now, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon could win. As you said, there could be a shakeup. They could go to Raw because whoever the Raw GM is, if it's the same at that time or not, but they could say, well, there's two all world talents. I'm taking those. Sure. So, but I'm going to say Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn find a way to win by crook or hook, you know, as, as it were. And then, like you said, they, they, Daniel Bryan gets the better of them at the end. And that's where we get the yes chance and the, you know, yada, yada. All right. Let's talk about that one. You mentioned Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Because it's Stephanie McMahon, who's athletic, can do things, and is trained, I'm sure, and trains with one of the best as far as sort of a timing in-ring perspective and, and a storyline. So she won't necessarily be that big of a liability in that regard. Um, and she's had a wrestling match before, but same kind of thing. Kurt Angle and Triple H are going to take the lion's share of this, and then we're going to get those showdowns with Rousey and McMahon, but it's going to be... There's going to be a table spot. There's going to be a chair. There's going to be a lot of these, I'm pulling your hair. Oh, now I'm mad. Should I slap her? We'll take two minutes to ask the crowd if I want to slap her, that kind of stuff. But I feel like Rousey and Kurt Angle have to have the victory here. Yeah, I just don't know how. That was my biggest holdup. Because is it just Ronda gets an armbar on Stephanie, makes her tap out? Or do they want to go way over the top and have Kurt Angle put Triple H in the ankle lock and then Ronda puts Stephanie in an arm bar, and then they're both tapping out, and there's the Olympians with their victory. Um, I do think that Ronda and Kurt win. Uh, I'm going to go bold. I'm going to say uh, that Kurt and Ronda both make Triple H and Stephanie tap out at the same time. Okay, I like that. All right, let's talk about the WWE Championship. This is the dream match, supposedly. It's kind of the ones that, yeah, I feel like, yeah, the match will be good. But I feel like it's going to be forgettable when I think back to WrestleManias of, of you know, of the past in years to come. Uh, it's AJ Styles and Nakamura. What do you think? I think this is going to be the longest match. I think they yeah. want it to be. 45 minutes. No, I think they're going to get 25 minutes. I think, yeah. I, I think they're going to. Right. And I think this is why is because they know that we want, and I say we as IWC, we want this match to be as great as it can be. 
Now, who wins? That's the fun part. I think Styles wins. I got, I got Nakamura because he had already lost to Gender, and um, I think he needs it. I think if he lost again to a second champion, then it's hard to say like this is the top guy. So I think AJ loses and goes to Raw, and Nakamura becomes champ and then gets someone. Yeah, I guess I'm forgetting that lens of they're already thinking because it's WWE, you have to think ahead of yourself. So, yes, Mania is coming, and it's their big show, but they've got to be thinking about the next one. So if they're thinking of the shakeup or the draft or whatever it is, well, Styles has been the house that, you know, SmackDown is the house that AJ Styles built. He can't do anything more there. So if they know he's going, then, yeah, Nakamura, because if he's going to stay there. It would not shock me if Nakamura never wears a world title in WWE, though. I got Nakamura. I'm going Nakamura because I think he stays. AJ goes to Raw. Seth Rollins or or Finn. Finn can go over to SmackDown, and then you got Finn versus Nakamura. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, you're making me want to pick Nakamura. All right, I'm picking Nakamura. You sold me. You sold me. We'll move on to the final one we got here. This is the Universal Championship. B-Rock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And this is going to get booed out of the building. Boo. I Okay, so here, who cares? Roman Reigns wins. Um, but let's talk about this then. So they don't want that to close, right? They tried it in Texas with Triple H and Roman. Got booed out of the building. Uh, you think Styles? I think Styles and Nakamura will close. I think as far as Matt, yeah. But triple see the one thing that's thrown me for a loop is the Undertaker Cena. Whatever they decide to do with Undertaker Cena could close, but that's not an announced match. So I don't think I'm going. Yeah, I'm going AJ and Nakamura. I think that SmackDown is the B brand. WrestleMania 19 when they needed like those two supreme athletes to be showcased, they went with Brock and Kurt. I think they're going to do that again with AJ and Nakamura. So yeah, I'm saying that's the main event. But in this, yeah, I got Roman. I don't know, though, because you're forgetting a trend they seem to do a lot, too, is they open with a world title match. They're not going to open with Brock and Roman. So if they open with a world title match. Now, what second? So they've done this before where the world title match was the end. But boy, like Undertaker, Sean really was the big match. So if they were going to do that, let's say they open with Styles, Nakamura, and it's amazing. And then they close with this, but they go. We better front load that one right before it, just in case that one sucks. People won't feel so crappy. What? IC match. Ooh, you think the IC match? Yeah, but I think the I, I think the IC match kicks off the show. I think they say like, look at this, look at all the star power. This is the first damn match. You believe this? We got former champion Seth Rollins, first ever Universal Champion uh, Finn Balor, and the greatest Intercontinental Champion. You know, and that's what he would say: greatest Intercontinental Champion and Miz. That's kicking off the show. Can you believe what's coming up next? Stay tuned. I think that's what starts the show. I think AJ and Nakamura, I think the big, oh, that gets us talking is going to be, well, that gets us talking is going to be the Undertaker, Cena, media, like on ESPN and stuff. It'll be Ronda taps out Stephanie. Man, WrestleMania, there's a lot of intriguing what-ifs and how will they move forwards. And that's and that's part of the reason we love wrestling. It's part of the reason we're wrestling fans is because they keep baiting the hook, right? Like, hey, 
what's going to happen next. So I am interested in that. Um, I really most am looking forward to the, for that storyline purposes, is Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, because there's still that aspect that Daniel Bryan might heel turn and help him. Exactly. You know, there, there's, there's those things. So I think that sticks out. I think as far as in-ring match, the... The SmackDown Tag Team title, that Usos, New Day, Bludgeon Brothers. These three teams, so these uh, seven guys, have done this in and out, and they've wowed us at uh, at the Kmart in your house pay-per-view. So just the knowledge of, of how each other works, I think they're just going to just keep everybody wowed. So those are my two big moments. Well, and don't forget, Elias did say that he has a performance of a lifetime, and you know Rampage is coming out, so obviously that means the Rock concert, so you got something fun there. Oh, yeah, we're going to have the Rock and Elias showdown with a concert, aren't we? I like How great is WWE's Walk with Elias? How Who put that together deserves a raise? Yeah, it is great. I love it. I think Elias will have his fun moment uh, because Rampage is coming out. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. This is going to be, I mean, it's going to be seven hours. So they got to give us a lot of fun stuff here. Uh, on a side note, Elias is one of these people that boy, when they first came on the scene, I was like, this is garbage. This is stupid. I don't ever want to see this. And it's now one of the moments that I look forward to. Who would have thought? Yeah. He's turned, uh, chicken shit into chicken salad and he's doing really well with it. I'm still not a hundred percent sold on him. Cause I think he needs to cut his hair or shave his beard or something because sometimes by just glancing, like if I'm looking at a tweet or Facebook or something, and then he comes on the screen, I genuinely at first glance, get him and Seth Rollins confused. They look a lot alike. So one of them has to change. Seth Rollins is the guy on the cover of video games. So I think it has to be Elias. So something has to change with this look, but yeah, he's doing great things. All right, WrestleMania. It is this Sunday, uh, or it was you know Sunday whenever you finally listen to this. But you know it's a podcast. It's how it works. Definitely. So yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, let us know what you thought. Um, again, this is Spanish Nouns Table, and uh, we will get on out of here for this special episode. All right, hit us up, tableshow uh, at gmail.com if you have any uh, questions you want to send an email to. I might leave that in. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, table at table show on the Twitter. I think on the where tweet the table on Instagram and Spanish Nouns Table podcast on Facebook. But we are also Tim and Tom KC. We do that week in and week out where we talk to uh, local guests around our area. But they're also interesting interviews to anybody who may not be in the local area. So stick around for those. Tim and Tom KC on all the social medias for that and Tim and Tom KC.com. But until SummerSlam. Captain Awesome and T-Mac will take a break and we will see you back on the next Spanish Announce Table which you can find on SpanishAnnounceTable.net Fun fact, cuddling has the same effect on your brain as taking painkillers The Spanish Announce Table